section sixty five of the inheritance by susan edmonston ferrier this librivox recording is in the public domain volume two chapter thirty one she hath forgot how many a woeful stour for him she late endured she speaks no more of past true is it that true love hath no power to look in back spencer all must have felt what it is in this ungenial clime to part with a fine day it seems as though we were bidding farewell to some long-lost friend and we love to watch even with pensive regret the last rays of the softly sinking sun as we would trace the lingering steps of some loved one who it may be long ere we behold again fatigued as i am still i must enjoy this lovely day to the last said lady rossville as they approached the castle and she threw herself on a garden chair that stood upon the lawn it is one that sends such a summer feeling to the heart that i feel as though i were a better being while sitting here listening to the faint notes of that sweet thrush than i should be shut up in the drawing-room with lady betty and miss pratt it is much more agreeable at least said lindsay also seating himself as to its being more amiable and virtuous i fear i may scarcely lay that flattering unction to my soul i am apt to distrust myself since since when asked the countess since i knew you gertrude this seemed rather to have burst from his lips involuntarily than to have been uttered deliberately and there was something in the tone which made gertrude start as a vague suspicion darted across her mind that lindsay loved her but she had scarcely time to admit the idea ere it was as quickly dispelled for when she turned to look on him the earnest expression with which he had been regarding her fled and in a gay manner he added i flattered myself i had been an infinitely wiser better and more respectable person than i find i am for i begin to feel myself under your influence gradually sinking into a soft simple neat-handed somewhat melancholic sort of a souffre douleur and if i stay much longer with you i must provide myself with a flute and a silk dressing-gown and then what then asked lady rossville laughingly why then you must promise to look upon me as a very interesting creature and i will stand or sit half the night at my open window playing lovelorn ditties that will cause as gray says the very cat to wring its hands well i shall provide the silk dressing-gown and the flute but for the lady and the cat you must find these for yourself but these will be only a small part of the stock in hand necessary for me to commence business with i must be able to write sonnets upon every occasion often upon no occasion at all i must be able to take the most correct and striking likenesses without a single sitting tis time you had begun to practise that part of your profession certainly said gertrude do you remember how long ago it is since you promised to draw my picture pray begin now i have nothing else to do and this lovely setting sun will invest me with a little of his radiance and soften down all my uglinesses see how beautiful everything looks in its light but you know i warned you i never flattered in my portraits mine professed to be truth severe cold dry hard facsimiles without a single claude lorrain tint no matter let me see myself such as i am or at least appear to my friends well not to shock you at the very outset i must say you appear to me to love truth and to be sincere in the search of it but you have some pride 
and that a little obstinacy to prevent your arriving at it then your fancy is too lively to permit you to take the right way and while you are under its fantastic dominion you will never judge correctly not very flattering certainly said the countess affecting to laugh is just not ugly and is just not mad seems to be the amount of your panegyric but pray go on you do not want penetration but you form your opinions too hastily you will be accused of inconsistency and caprice but unjustly you will only be undeceived i seem to have got into the hands of a fortune-teller rather than a portrait-painter said lady rossville somewhat pettishly and as i never listen to predictions that bode me no good i'll none of yours tis an idle art and no coming events shall cast their shadows upon me come this is enough for one sitting you shall have another to-morrow when perhaps you will do me such as i am not as i may be to-morrow i must leave you said lindsay no pray do not talk of leaving me cried gertrude quickly what will become of me when you are gone i shall have no one being with whom i can have any companionship no one to talk with no one to read with no one to sing with no one to walk with no one to teach me any good thing my dear cousin say you will not leave me but lindsay shook his head come zoe to a little italian greyhound that lay at her feet do you join your pretty little entreaties to mine and she made it assume a begging attitude the dog was a gift from delmore and lindsay turned away his eyes i must be gone said he nay rather say shall or will be gone cried the countess pettishly i do not believe there is any must in the matter you are your own master free to go or stay as you yourself incline even were it so do not be so much of a spoiled child gertrude as to quarrel with your friend merely because he has what it is said all men have and some women too a will of his own but i have more than once of late sacrificed mine to mr lindsay's said gertrude coldly but were i to sacrifice my will i must at the same time sacrifice my conscience along with it said lindsay or rather to confess the truth they are somewhat at variance upon this occasion the one urges me to stay the other warns me to be gone the conscience may be mistaken as well as the will sometimes said gertrude in this matter i suspect yours is otherwise it would have told you how much good you may do by remaining here no it never tells me such flattering tales that is the province of hope or fancy and sometimes perhaps i may have been weak enough to listen to their idle tales he stopped in some emotion and for an instant fixed his eyes on gertrude's face but if his words had any particular meaning it was not caught by her for not the slightest change was perceptible on her speaking countenance if i thought i could be of any real service to you i would remain here even at the sacrifice of my own happiness was on his lips but he checked himself and substituted time but i have no right to interfere in the only way where i might be of use and i cannot linger on for an indefinite time as a sort of spy upon the actions of others you require protection i know and are now in a situation to claim it choose then guardians for yourself or allow the law to appoint them for you to think and to speak were commonly one and the same thing with gertrude and she instantly exclaimed then i shall choose you for one of my guardians choose me exclaimed lindsay in astonishment no that cannot be why not i know nobody i should like so much to have for my guardian i am sure you would never scold me or lecture me however naughty i might be now don't pray don't propose to me any of your old cross things with round wigs and square buckles and long pockets who would preach me a sermon upon every five-pound note i squandered 
such guardians are scarcely to be met with now except upon the stage said lindsay smiling perhaps the wigs and pockets but the long faces and long lectures i fear prevail everywhere i must know the person before i can put myself in such jeopardy you may be in greater jeopardy gertrude said her cousin gravely lady rossville blushed she saw to what he alluded and after a pause she said in some emotion the danger which you seem to apprehend no longer exists the person whose audacious behaviour to me you twice resented is no more he has perished at sea and she recapitulated the account of the shipwreck and her mother's testimony confirming the fate of lewiston so far then i shall leave you with a lightened mind said lindsay there seems no more to apprehend from that quarter at least if there are other dangers but at that moment a post-chaise and four the horses in a foam came driving up the avenue full speed who can this be exclaimed lady rossville then as the thought flashed upon her that it might be colonel delmore she started up her heart beat violently her colour went and came she would have moved towards the house but her agitation was so great she sunk upon the seat while her eyes remained fixed upon the carriage it drew up at the castle gate and scarcely had it stopped when the person from within burst open the door and colonel delmore himself sprung out with such impetuosity that it was but a single glance could be caught of him as he rushed into the house but that was enough again gertrude rose but ashamed of her emotion she could not lift her eyes to lindsay's or she would have seen that he was little less agitated than herself she could only accept of the arm he offered her and in silence they proceeded together towards the house as they entered the hall the voice of one of the servants was heard as in reply to an interrogatory her ladyship has been out for some hours with mr lindsay and at this instant colonel delmore with a hurried step and agitated air rushed from the saloon joy fear doubt displeasure love a thousand mingled emotions were all struggling in gertrude's breast she tried to withdraw her arm from lindsay's but she only clung the more helplessly to him while he felt her increasing weight and feared she would have fallen to the ground lady rossville is fatigued with her walk said he addressing colonel delmore and mastering his own agitation at sight of hers a glass of water here quickly to the half-dozen of servants who stood idly lounging in the hall and the whole instantly vanished in all the bustle and importance of their bearing but mortified and ashamed of this display of her weakness the countess instantly regained in some degree her self-possession even while her heart beat high and her whole frame trembled with excessive emotion she said with a lofty air i have to apologize to colonel delmore for this uncourteous reception on his return to at that moment lindsay taking the water from the servant presented it to her himself in the manner of one privileged to render those little attentions desire my carriage to wait cried delmore in a loud and passionate voice as it was driving away lady rossville was now nerved to perfect self-command and with a blush of offended dignity she passed on to the saloon where sat only lady betty still lost in wonder at her nephew's sudden appearance and no less sudden flight lindsay's indignation had been excited by the rudeness and violence of colonel delmore's address but anger with him was at most but a transient feeling and a moment after they had entered the saloon he held out his hand to him in a friendly manner but the other turned hastily on his heel and paced the room with disordered step utterly regardless of the questions lady betty continued to pour out upon him at length approaching gertrude he said i would speak with lady rossville alone for a moment the countess hesitated at the abruptness of the demand and her pride revolted at the manner in which it was made but she rose and with an inclination of the head led the way to another apartment 
colonel delmore followed when having shut the door gertrude cried he as he seized her hands while his own shook with the violence of his emotion now speak my doom from your own lips only will i hear it say but the word tell me i have been deceived forgotten forsaken oh no no never exclaimed gertrude giving way to tears as her resentment began to subside at sight of her lover's anguish call it what you will then but do not rack me by equivocating already i have endured tortures for your sake that worlds would not have bribed me to undergo despair itself would have been a blessing compared to these distracting doubts tis i who have had cause to doubt said the countess as she seated herself at a table and shaded her eyes with her hand ashamed of the tenderness her tears betrayed for one whose constancy she had such cause to question you who have had cause to doubt cried delmore impetuously could you then doubt me gertrude had i not cause why was i left at such a time when a single word from you would have consigned you for ever to poverty and obscurity is it not so you would have been mine had i been base and selfish enough to have plunged you in ruin to have sacrificed your happiness to my own ah by what a degrading standard did you measure my happiness if you thought pomp and wealth could ever compensate for broken vows for a deceived heart you would have renounced me no by heavens i would not i will not but yes you are right i would i will renounce you gertrude if by doing so i can ensure your happiness it matters not though mine be a wreck lady rossville spoke not her heart heaved with emotion and colonel delmore leaning against the chimney-piece contemplated her for some moments without speaking at length taking her passive hand he seated himself on the sofa by her then in a voice calmed into tenderness he said gertrude there was a time when not had an angel spoke should i have believed that aught on earth could ever have induced me to resign this hand and even now worlds should not wrest it from me but fickle faithless as you are why should i seek to retain it release me colonel delmore cried the countess in a voice choking with emotion i have not deserved i will not listen to such language and she struggled to withdraw her hand yet hear me one moment my fate is on your lips tell me that our vows are cancelled and in doing so seal my doom for gertrude spoke not gertrude in spite of all dearest most beloved i cannot resign you but with my dying breath why do you impose upon me so cruel a sacrifice he unclasped the hand in which he had held hers locked why suffer your hand to remain for an instant in mine gertrude you are free lady rossville slowly withdrew it then raising her head she shook off the tears which gemmed her eyes and cast on him a look which spoke all the confiding tenderness of her soul then replacing her hand within his she turned away her head to hide the blush that mantled her cheek End of section sixty five